This week we cover Killer Groove and Batman Last Night on Earth. Stay tuned. Hello, and you are tuned in to First Issue Club, the weekly podcast where we cover number one comic books, and you listen to us read them and review them and have fun with us. We're fucking ripped for this one. Woo, boys, we are primed and ready. Sorry if you you know you just turned into this podcast and you heard the F word and uh, <laughs> you're like smacking your kids around, which I don't endorse. I'm looking at you, NFL. Uh, <laughs> oh, coming out strong. Smacking. Wait, are these people smacking their kids around and then they hear the F word from us and then they're mad? Yeah. Then they're upset. Yeah, oh, okay. it's a paradox. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so or are they blaming their kids for introducing them to a podcast? Oh, oh so yes. So now they're smacking yeah. their kids I was, around. Yeah, I thought they were caught in the moment of like, kids, stop it, I'm driving. Did I'm he just <laughs> say fuck? <laughs> we're the catalyst. We're right. the catalyst. Yeah. So that's the moment you walked into. <laughs> uh, well, I like that you apologize for that. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. We came in a little hot, and so did you. And I think we are both a little bit to blame. Uh, well, if you're new, this is First Issue Club. This is kind of uh, what we're all about just nonsense and comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Greg, and with me, as always, is Budget King and Caitlin. Uh, Mike D is. Not here today, so wherever he is, we send two angel wings and a blessing to him. What's up, guys? Hey. Hey. How's your week? It was loaded, but I'm <laughs> glad to be here. Loaded is perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was a full-on baked potato. It was a, it was a baked <laughs> potato of a week. Uh, well, I'm glad to have you guys in here. Uh, let's get started with some Batman news. We have a new casting for the Batman movie. The shiny-skinned vampire himself, Robert Pattinson. What do you guys think? I thought Robert Pattinson was going to be typecasted as uh, emo vampire for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for his career. To be now emo superhero? <laughs> yes. Is Batman emo? Yeah, I guess he I is. Mean, he I, is emo. No, I, I, I would agree, though. Like, I'm not saying I disagree. I think he's done a lot of other things that have been... His acting has been quite impressive in, so... Yeah. he. I know he did that, like, movie where his brother and he's like a drug addict i always do this i like vaguely describe (laughs) a movie i don't know the title there's a good movie that that was released last year that he was actually in that people really like what's the movie he's in where he's in space with andre 3000 and they're like they're kind of like prisoners either of these and these synopsis sound great that one sounds cool well it hasn't come out yet but it's like they're they're that's like the, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the mm-hmm. space thriller. Yeah, they're like poor people, and the only way the poor people can make money in this future is to like be a part of like a mining group or something on, on this spacecraft, and Andre 3000 is in it, and you would not know it was Andre Three Stacks. Something dog? Is the word dog in the Alpha movie? dog. Dog <laughs> no, days of that's... summer. Is he an alpha dog? <laughs> okay, I just searched Robert Pattinson dog, and the first searches that came up were Robert Pattinson dog bear, Robert Pattinson dog good time, Robert Pattinson dog movie. Can you look up uh, dog good time? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping that's a video of them on the beach. Um, He's in a bunch of good movies. <laughs> he really is. Like, his acting has really just progressed, and I think it's because he was in Twilight. He's just like, I have got... I got to get out of here. To get better. <laughs> <laughs> I have gotta, got to get in different movies. What's uh, What was his um 
partner's name in that movie or her actress name? Uh, Kristen Stewart. Her, her actress name. Her actress name was Kristen Stewart. People should say that more. Her real name her was actress. Bingo Von Tees. <laughs> So if you would have said to me, she at, looks like a bingo yes. to me, <laughs> like somebody who's like vaguely into burlesque, yes, <laughs> like she's the producer of a show, right? If you would have put those two together to me at the time, I would have said that she's the one that would have like had a flourishing career, yeah, not and, so, not yeah. so much him. Well, they kind of both have been under the radar. Honestly, here's the thing: they shouldn't have to do movies ever again. With this Twilight series. Because well, yeah. they made it. They probably yeah. made... So That's what every actor, I think, wants to get. Honestly, why does anybody do anything after they get rich? <laughs> I, I had the same conversation with Mike D. I was like... Because like the lottery's up to almost a billion dollars. And I was like, man, I don't know why people are sad when they win the lottery. I would just <laughs> do nothing and be so happy. Totally. And I just don't get... The sadness? The sadness. Well, but I think the difference is, is like what we do... We would be like, bye, if we won that kind of money. (laughs) What they do brings notoriety, brings fame, brings a kind of legacy that is pretty attractive and maybe even addictive. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I think it also falls into the realm of art. So, like, I think all of us, we would still kind of try to practice some kind of art. That's true. That's what Mike D said as well. That's a great point. Yeah. This podcast would be definitely. And I just agree (laughs) even when he's not here. The two oldest souls on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, like, Wine Country is a good example of this. Like, that seemed like a movie that was going to kill everybody's career. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, I, I looked at that movie and I was like, why are any of these people doing this movie? That's the one with Amy Poehler that she directed? Yeah. Mm. And um, so it's like a star-studded cast. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch it? It was not terrible. It was not terrible. It was not terrible. That's the best review <laughs> we could give that movie. It had a few moments that I was actually cackling at. The things we say. What? <laughs> Do you remember that line? That line's what killed me about that movie. Uh-uh. Cut that out. We don't, I, we, I know we're <laughs> no, we have to keep I it do. in now. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's the part where the, it's like the hashtag things we say now. Oh, uh, like that's what she said, but like yeah. the things we say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, not a terrible movie. So that point proven. My only thing, and we can, we can wrap the Batman thing up, is that I, I think that Batman typically, I guess, sans Michael Keaton, is super buff. Yeah, and I never got that because if you're that athletic and that like gymnastically driven, like you have to jump from I don't know building to building, like right. you do, you don't want to be super buff. You want to be super lean and like flexible. Like I'm sure well, you should be doing yoga instead of pull ups. Are are the like have they already released pictures from filming? No, 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 no. Because he can probably get jacked. He's he, got a build that wouldn't. He probably be... could. I think it's also going to be a younger Batman. Right. Um, I'm so, hoping for Batman Beyond. I'm hoping this is a big, just like, totally. ruse. The thing, I guess my assumption of why Batman is big is that he's wearing a full bodysuit bulletproof vest and mm-hmm. doing all of that. And, like, normally gymnasts are wearing, I'm not familiar with gymnasts that much, but, like, kind of like leotards. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so Typical I, superhero <laughs> clothing. Yes. So I would assume that, like, if you're wearing a full bulletproof vest costume yeah. and kicking ass, you got to be, like, military-esque buff. Yeah. And just super tired all the time. Oh, man. So exhausted. I wore two coats one time, and I thought I was going to <laughs> die. Are you calling yourself Batman? I'm calling myself Jarvis. <laughs> Jarvis Von Tees. <laughs> we got a Batman-studded uh, comic book uh, episode and uh, news. Yeah. Today. So the Batman comic that is happening right now, uh, Mr. Tom King is currently uh, scripting. 
and it's great. I think it's wonderful. Uh, news came out that he's done. <laughs> After issue, I think, 75 or 85. But not done as in, like, you know, I think I've carried this long enough, but done as in they said No, that DC him. was just like, you're done. <laughs> I think you're done. Uh, but the bigger news is he's actually writing the screenplay for the new Gods movie coming out with, uh, I forget her name, Anna Vonderis or whatever. What is all the Von? The Von. The Von, yeah. yes. So that's exciting, and I don't Wait, know. Are you being serious? The Von. Yeah, I thought I a Von think... was just like a, a Gregism. Yeah, that's what I, I was saying too. <laughs> it is uh, Ava Duvarney. Oh, uh, there's a V in there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got it half right. My <laughs> my ADD and my dyslexia teamed up to make a word. <laughs> okay, so she's in that movie. No, um, she's helping them write it. Oh, see, dual <laughs> dual screenwriters on this. Uh. And New Gods, for those who aren't familiar, means Mil- Miracle Man is going to be there. Yep, Big Brada. Uh, which uh, Tom King wrote. And this will probably be a lot of the New Gods stuff that Tom King wrote, I would assume. Yeah, they may try to do a little bit of the Kirby stuff as well because it's just fucking iconic. I think, I don't know. I don't know what Marvel and DC are doing with one another because, like, the Eternals got announced, which is, like... The same thing. Which is the same thing, which is, like, the DC's answer to uh, uh, New Gods. So... I guess both, and this is a hot take over my head. Clearly, well, we've talked about like, <laughs> clearly, Gaiman or Gaiman, however you Neil Gaiman. Yeah, it's correct to pronounce it. Um, but we've talked about how he's just on a he's in another person that's on yeah. a different plane. I agree, but Neil Gaiman, like you can follow what he's doing, and it's actually really entertaining. New Gods and fucking Eternals, like there must have been an ether leak. <laughs> In the studio because that shit is like Jack Kirby was huffing paint, and he's like, I think, I think they just get bored. They do. And oh, they, they absolutely and then do. They're just like, well, you know, let me go to that time I acid trip. <laughs> What's this called? Mushrooms? Have, okay. When you have such like intimate experience with that formula of writing and that storytelling, like I, I would imagine it's yeah. kind of that boredom translates to really weird things when you mess around with the formulas. Oh, that for sure. You know really well. Or is there speculation? I'm sure there is. I've seen your Twitter, but like the reasons that King was fired or well, removed uh, from that. There are, so Batman isn't selling, like after the whole uh, debacle with Batman and Catwoman maybe getting married, not getting married, some people were upset that it didn't pay off as well. Yeah, I, I, read a, I read a good article about it that was basically saying, like, Tom King flourishes in mino, um, sorry, micro or macro series, like, obviously, um, Vision. Vision, and then... I uh, feel like we should have a tally counter for the many, the <laughs> times we reference that book. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then um, the Heroes in Crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, People were upset about that book, too, by the way. I don't get Oh, I've liked that. it. I, I, I like nine. I really don't. It, it's polarizing. I mean, I could, I'd be open to hearing from people. I, I just I, don't personally. I think it's refreshing. It doesn't read like a superhero comic, so th- I could see that that's why people are upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's weird that people don't want something different than that. I mean, I think I get it's a comfort it. thing. I really do. They're just to so used degree. to something that they're used to, and then they don't want anyone coming in here and shaking that, up that the is, system. That is, that is what it is, I think. And that's fine as long as you don't get racist about it. <laughs> uh, or sexist. Or, or sexist, yeah. Any, any kind ist. of bigotry. Yeah, <laughs> or exclusionary, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so the argument was that he's not great on long series. Um, and this, uh, yeah. th- and this, that article was writing from the perspective 
of basically saying, I love everything he's done. That's a micro series. I don't like when he's on long runs. That's fine. I think that's an okay take. Uh, and if that's the way they're going to utilize him, honestly, that might be the future of fucking comics too. Ten mm-hmm. issue things, twelve yeah. issue things. They're yeah. a lot more digestible. I don't think that's a bad look for him. If that is truly it, I was following Tom King's like Twitter as it happened, and he was kind of saying like, "Thank you so much for the support." Like just responding that way. That's not normally a way you respond if like your boss has placed you in you and another job that you're really excited about mm-hmm. you would probably say something like don't worry guys something even better is on mm-hmm. the rise like well maybe he time. couldn't there, there may have been point. some weird stipulations yeah. there but I, I saw that too he was just like man thanks for everyone like reaching out I'm just like but I do think you're right like there's a way that you spin it to be like you know this is the end of one chapter but I'm looking forward to the next like yeah. very excited for yeah. things yeah. to come one yeah. bat door like closes and a bat window opens but and some, some people aren't like that's also like a very politically minded thing to do like not in this grand scheme of things but just in your professional capacity i think to me it said he was emotionally hurt that he was being taken off batman i would be too yeah good i honest i like that he's honest about it obviously with new gods dc isn't letting him go you know so he's just having a little bit of a well and like um he's writing a batman catwoman miniseries so he's not done there but i think they wanted some fresh blood in Batman because he's been writing it for a ton of issues so I can see him maybe getting a little burnout but I like to think he came up with some just weird idea that they were like oh boy no 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 this is what I call Batman grows a second head (laughs) (laughs) are you with me still we're gonna do a mini plot um, solely based on a dog that he finds I would read that a hundred times I mean I would too but like I I just wonder I that's my that's what I'm gonna make up in my head there was like some DC book that we completely missed about talking animals oh is that Dog Days of Summer yeah Uh, yeah it was with Beast Boy or whatever ten fucking dollars oh it looked great though I mean, I got it, but it was ten <laughs> fucking dollars. That's awesome. Uh, well, if you guys don't have anything else to talk about, I suggest we get this podcast started. Now it's time to get into the week's number one comic books. Budget King, lead us off. First up, we got Killer Groove out on Aftershock by Ollie Masters and Eon Marin. Pop quiz, Caitlin. What is the uh, little title for this no! series? <laughs> I just saw um, it for the first time as I opened up the book. So. I looked at it, but I didn't write my notes this time. I was very sleepy when I was reading these. <laughs> is it Can't Damn Hear it. Me Now? Wow, good is job. Is it? Man. Can you hear me now? You guys are a power can't, couple. Can't. It's Can't Hear can't Me Now. Can't Hear Me Now. Can't You Hear can't Me you hear Can't me You Hear Me Now. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Great job. Thank you, Greg. You're uh, welcome, Caitlin. <laughs> before, I, before I launch into this intro, I'm bad with time periods. I think this is the 70s it's set in. I, yes. I would guess almost towards 60s because they reference a lot of hippie things. Now, the only thing that made me not think 60s is his, like, digital, like, kind of a Casio watch that he has. Oh. And I thought maybe mm-hmm. that seemed more 70s than 60s. That could be completely yeah. off. Yeah, he could be speaking in retrospect because he, he did say th- something about the Beatles breaking up. I think Manson. Al- I think also somebody getting stabbed at a Rolling Stones concert is an actual historical reference. So mm-hmm. we could, if we had time to look that up, we would know the actual yeah. time period. <laughs> if we prepared for this podcast, <laughs> we would know these things. Okay, this comic book, short and sweet, is about a struggling musician who finds out that his muse is killing people. Bingo, nailed it. Right? 
I <laughs> fucking loved this book. I didn't. I don't think. I think I maybe was a little too sleepy. So I, I really enjoyed this, but I didn't get that it was his muse that was killing people. So that I think I, I I have a strong recommendation for people on this book. I think read it twice, and not because it's confusing, but because it's fit together like a beautiful puzzle, and like things will reveal to you. There is like my one critique is some of the paneling is a little bit confusing. Although artistically done, mm-hmm. um, but it, it fits together. In my second read, I noticed that oh wait, he need, he's thinking that he needs to get off to be a, a better songwriter by killing. That's what I thought it was. I thought mm-hmm. he was killing people. Y- sorry, yes, I maybe I misused the word muse. Then I think you got it. His 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 muse is well. He thinks what his muse or inspiration is. Is the thrill of? Oh, I yes, I thought you meant like the personification. There are two people that you're kind of like following. Sorry. Yes, the personification so thought, of killing. Yes, yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, not an actual person. So Caitlin is normally right. She was right here. No, Muse, no. Muse normally I didn't a understand fully, but thank you. So his his inspiration, his newfound inspiration, is killing. Yes, or he thinks that. Yeah, and but he, that's what makes him a a talented musician or that's what make pe- makes people yeah. respond yeah. Proof to proven proven by the fact that he played a song in his apartment room uh-huh. looked out the window and saw that people were into it two. after he killed somebody two people were clapping <laughs> the other thing too, I've whistled before and two people clapped the other thing too is that like when he goes and then records in the studio there's no audience there and he's like oh yeah I guess I gotta try this again like I don't <laughs> that doesn't mean it's not good man like that's a good point maybe you're just a live performer <laughs> There, there is an underlying text to this too that is like all this like weird crime noir mm-hmm. and a little bit of like we get a t- tiny bit of might be cult stuff. Oh, um, there's definitely cult stuff. Okay, yeah, and that like weaved. I thought that weaved in really well. Yeah, I did too. I liked. You didn't really know who the story was going to follow. You thought it was going to follow Johnny. And then I thought I was going to follow the detective lady. Mm-hmm. And I hope it just follows the kid <laughs> at the end of the book that we get introduced to. But I think primarily it's going to be between Johnny and the uh, private detective. So, yeah, let me tell you about some of those characters. I think Johnny is the person who looks like he's wearing a wig. Thank you. Holy <laughs> shit. I was going to say that. he, The blondest hair I've ever seen on a person. They make the main character of this book look like trash. And his like his facial like lines like are so pronounced. Yeah, he, it looks like a full on mask. He's just artificial from the neck up. He looks like Fabio's hair on Bob Barker's head. <laughs> looks like He Man a little bit, just like a like grizzled, beat up He Man hippie. Yeah, right. Uh, and then there's another character that's a PI, a black lady who's a regular in his bar. And I just want to call this out too. But he, uh, Bob Barker, what did you call him? Fabio's hair, Bob Barker's face. <laughs> yes. So our struggling musician um, in that description has tried to hook up with that PI who I discussed before. And she says, no, nope, we're not going to do this again because last time you said, I ain't never been with no black chick before. Uh, and then she says after that, I'm a person, Johnny, not a fetish. Kind of killed the mood. And I thought that was just like a really good way to write about like, race in a historic time period yeah um and like i was just like wow that that it fit to me and it wasn't like i don't know it didn't overtake the it didn't seem like shoehorned in or anything yeah because i think so many times we find these like really heavy-handed things that point to like look what we're saying about this instead of just being more of that subtle seed in your head to Mm -hmm. to think more about later yeah 
And uh, so one of the reasons why we get so much crime here is that uh, Ollie Masters is the author of The Kitchen. Oh, great. Okay. Um, I forgot which, about that. Uh, yeah, which is a great series. Um, Soon to be TV show. And so the crime is really in the wheelhouse of this writing crew. Uh, I thought it was really, really well written. I thought everything that happened in the book seemed plausible. Like yeah. the, the situations that the characters get into are just like there's a fight in the alleyway and the guy has to take control of the fight and he finds a knife and stabs him. That's a thing that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like It almost happened to you guys last night. Yeah, it did. Someone <laughs> walked into our home that wasn't supposed to be there, and I literally had to push them out You could. In, in boxer briefs. And that's it. And what, what had happened? That ha- wasn't what he was wearing. That was what Greg was wearing. <laughs> that's what I was wearing. That's why he ran away. Here's what I'm happy this book didn't do. I'm very pleased that the guitar isn't magical. And kills people when he plays a certain song. Because mm-hmm. that was already done in that book. You know, Falcon. Uh, <laughs> you know there Murder are Falcon. songs tied murder with Falcon, murder yeah. in real life, though. Well, it's like this book could have very easily gone off the rails of just like, this guitar is haunted by the <laughs> devil. This is Robert Johnson's guitar. <laughs> Do you think that this... <laughs> Do you think that this? Uh, Although I would read a book about Robert Johnson's guitar killing people. Do. Is that the documentary of the guy that sold his soul to the devil? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was haunting. Like, he's a he's a real person, but I, I don't know if he sold to his soul to the, the doc devil yet. I the doc made me believe that he actually sold his soul. Really? It was convincing. I want to watch it more now. I I have many thoughts about that scenario, but we don't have time for it here. Um, the good thought is that it shouldn't be this comic book, and it wasn't. <laughs> and it wasn't. Yes. I also think. This comic book might be a commentary on, like, we don't need any more musicians anymore. <laughs> we need murderers. Well, it's funny because uh, he sucks. Well, he's, okay. Yeah, he does. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't suck. <laughs> he's just mediocre, yeah. which is what I feel like all mediocre mus- musicians fall in that rut of just like, hey, I'm not shitty, but you don't know that you're not great. But right. You know what I, I mean? mean? Yeah. Who cares? Just do it anyway and don't resort to killing people. Johnny, you, okay, but I don't know why I'm appealing if, to him. If, this is a genuinely interesting I guess, story, and I it guess, doesn't need to change. I guess, like, g- genuine on that on that note of genuineness, if you guys killed somebody and then our podcast was better, <laughs> I would be killing people left and right. Keep Wait, it. but like, would we get locked up? This guy ain't getting locked up. No, that's we just, true. It, in fact, same exact scenario. We we get hired by a hitman because we don't feel remorse when we did it. Also, that was a weird. Exchange that was they killed the guy and then we're just like hey you want coffee well I think I <laughs> think the, some coffee I think the the hitman guy was like this guy's unaffected by this mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I yeah, gotta yeah. see how this plays because yeah. this, this weirdo is yeah. like just killed somebody and does not care <laughs> I wonder if he just started hearing bars in his head and he was just like oh, <laughs> oh yes I was even it happened so fluidly I was like they did kill him right like a screwdriver in the neck kills you I think yeah, yeah. pretty much I, from my research. Yes. Unless you're in a CW show. Yeah. Um, transitioning now into more of a twisted reality, uh, we have Batman, A Night to Remember? What's it called? <laughs> yeah, it should be called that. <laughs> Last night on Earth. <laughs> Last night on Earth. Uh, and the traditional <laughs> Batman spelling of night. Yeah, a little tongue-in-cheek <laughs> night spelling. Oh, um, Mike? A night to remember. Good luck. <laughs> 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 well, we got Scott Snyder back on Batman. 
and uh, Greg Capullo. So we have a, a huge heavy hitting yeah. uh, artistic team on this. This uh, in your stores was bound. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's a, a thick boy. Yeah, it looked like a trade a little bit. <laughs> Absolute unit. Yeah. yeah, I think that is the professional term. The thick. It was a thick boy in the thick mm-hmm. boy section. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there was two covers. No need to buy them both because you just buy one. You're only going to read it once. Yep. Um, They're not going to be valuable. <laughs> not to say this comic isn't good, but I'm just saying don't. We should uh, mention it's on DC Black Label. Ooh, yes. I was wondering why it was so dark and mature. And that is why. <laughs> um, Black Label, the inventor of the bat penis. Yes. <laughs> that had some acclaim earlier in 2018. <laughs> so uh, this comic book, uh, the premise uh, got me and it stuck to it. It is essentially that Batman wakes up and realizes that his whole Batman facade was a mental illness. That he... Uh, created Arkham and the need for Batman in his mind and that truly everybody that was a villain is just a character in his life around. Um, The Joker is his doctor and um, uh, they are trying desperately to get him to realize that, hey, you know, you are rich. You have a family trust of everything. You did some bad stuff. We need to keep you here and kind of figure that out. But you are not Batman. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, but we did create a fake Batman, f- a world for you that you could just play in because that's how rich we are. Yeah. This book was a tapestry of, huh? <laughs> and I'm still feeling like I read a different book. <laughs> Wait, so did, did, did I describe it wrong? No, I don't uh, think you did. Oh, okay. This, so this, but was, this is an alternate timeline. This is an alternate. It, it, well, then, is the stuff timeline? Does he go back? And then is the stuff with Diana and the Amazons so back in that reality? What, what I think happened there is that um, this is the part of the show where Budget King breaks it down. <laughs> I don't know if this is true or not. Um, why can't I think of the fucking butler's name? Sorry, Alfred. <laughs> Alfred. Okay, I Alfred think- Von Teese. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Alfred created a fake Arkham for him. Yes, and I think like. He went ahead and tapped him into it and like put him in this Arkham. And so I think that half of the book is the Arkham that Alfred created for Batman. At the beginning and at the end. Um because he figures it out. So I think the beginning good call on the beginning. I, I had not I was a little dumb on that. I don't know if that's true or not on the beginning. I know the the second half, which I fucking loved because it's like weird sci-fi apocalyptic Batman yeah, yeah. of carrying around Joker's head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Girls in tattered clothing, yes. which is Mike D's uh, kink. <laughs> yeah. And then the first is like, this honestly, th- that this worked more as deceased to me than deceased did haunting of Batman being like almost paralyzed, everybody convincing him he's a psycho, yeah. and he just seems like he's babbling gibberish. Mm-hmm. That was scary to yeah. me. It was. Because I think everyone has that fear of just like, am I making all this up? Yeah. Is this a re- am I being Truman showed? Yeah, is this, yes. is this oh, reality? Yes. Do you guys have a code word to let you know that you're not being Truman showed? No. no. But here's the thing. Wait, like you, oh, that you don't tell anyone? I've only told Heather. Well, but see, what, what if she's she... a part of the Truman Show? Yeah, because like, but the, I, I solved that in my code word. The code word is you are not part of the Truman Show. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Here's the thing about people in the Truman Show: they are you're just paid nev- to lie. You're never gonna know. Everyone yeah. around you has been manufactured. It's to like be the Inception you. totem. Like you gotta be able to have like a totem what to it, know. What happens with Nona though? Like because that's something that they couldn't mean. 
Hmm. She's now on on the Truman Show too. Yeah. For those who don't know, Nona is my daughter. Yes. We try sorry. not to use her name on the podcast. Sorry. No, I'm just joking. I'm, just, I'm totally. Just I'll beep it out. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm totally. No, uh, Nona I love how that, that <laughs> apology was. Uh, I thought you were for no, real. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. I don't, I'm just joking. Um, we, uh, yeah, that that does. They, they, so I'm good. It, once you guys have a kid, you'll know you're not in the Truman is Show. Is she? Hang on, is she budget princess <laughs> or prince? She that's gen- true. a social concept. She's, she's heir apparent. <laughs> budget heir apparent. I love it. Um, so this book, it, it was cool. I, I I do like alternate universe takes on my superheroes. I think it's a fun palate cleanser and, and a, a way for creatives to kind of stretch their muscles on different stories. You get unique, different looks at villains and heroes and. Scenarios that you wouldn't get through the quote-unquote normal timeline. That being said, I didn't really know where I was. We were bopping and booping around a lot. I've been having this a lot with comics. Like, put a couple more panels in just for the reader that that just needs to be brought along a little bit. Yeah. And maybe this is going to be a ruse, and they were like, you're in this other reality? Did you know that it's Alfred's reality? Like, okay, I still would have liked to just been like, tiptoed into that yeah you know what i would like in these alternate timeline whatevers so you, you guys you've been to the mall right many shops sometimes they have a little map in the middle of the mall that says you are here <laughs> yes i've also ha- owned a map <laughs> <laughs> correct but on, on road maps it doesn't say you are here you gotta oh, find a, where you're a good at point. Yes, okay. so i want in these books a little front page that says you are here we're gonna take you all the way over here right I love that. I just kind of miss the old meanwhiles. Like, just tell me <laughs> Meanwhile. Where, like, that's a good You did that yeah. all the time, but comics. You can bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, side reference, uh, big guy beating up, beating the shit out of stuff, carrying um, a head of somebody that's always yelling at him. Mm-hmm. That's Headlopper, right? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's a direct reference, but that is Headlopper. Okay. That's Headlopper, that's Hellboy in the Corpse, that's... I was going to say, that's a couple of other things. I like it. I mean, that premise works for me, especially yeah. Batman carrying Joker's head for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's funny, too, that he took the Joker's head with him. You know? Like, you're carrying Didn't around... think about it. You're carrying around your mortal enemy that's just going to badger you. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like even in this augmented reality, he's still finding ways to either... One, have that mechanism to wake himself up because it's not a reality that he could be content in. Or two, it's like he's just always going to do this. And no matter, like, even if he was Batman or if this is, he's not Batman and this is what he thinks or this is what's really been happening. But he's like carrying around his mortal enemy who's just torturing him. He finds out that he's done all these terrible things. Like, I, you don't really know. Yeah, the terrible thing thing was a lot to swallow. Yeah. This to me, like when I used to watch Batman the Animated Series, probably specifically on like actual television, and it would be near the end and it would, they'd cut to commercial and Batman would be in a really bad situation. And I would be so into it and, and say, I don't know how he's going to get out of this, but I know he's going to, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. he has to for this to continue. I'm excited to see how this happens. Oh, yeah. Like, this comic book is that to me, like times twenty. Mm-hmm. He's in such a par- like a very <laughs> problematic situation that I don't see how he gets out of this. Yeah, especially if if it is just true. Uh, yeah, like that. I'm like that 
that honestly, I I will keep reading this series. Yeah, because of that, because I'm just I'm on the edge of my seat to figure out. Well, they've what completely one eighty'd from the story they were telling in the first two pages of Batman hunting down some Banksy character that's drawing a big mural of <laughs> Batman dead with chalk <laughs> to living underground in Jim world with these survivors from this major event that happened. Except that it's still the same Batman that just has to save and fight crime for the sake of saving mm-hmm. and fighting crime. Mm-hmm. And and that to me is like they're playing with that psychological thing like we mentioned like Tom King does really well. I mm-hmm. love Scott Snyder as a writer. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah. And and so I think that this is to me um transitions aside was a solid Batman comic. I I totally agree. I wish I still had my map in the in the beginning, <laughs> yeah, that you says you are map. here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think that they don't want us to know. Right oh, of now. course, of course. But I would like a little bit of a <laughs> tease of just like, okay, here's where we're going, <laughs> and that might be what the black label is. Is it's like this is for adults and this is for like big time fans. Yeah, like, you know, you like messy shit. You got a whole <laughs> ton of it right here in this book. Yeah. <laughs> We need a messy label. Uh, they did kind of. Did you see that they mentioned the anti-life equation from deceased yeah. that we covered? Yeah. So I was curious if that was going to be in like the same realm. I was just like, well, that doesn't make sense because deceased isn't in the black label universe. Does that kind of not? Feel free to cut this, but is that like an answer to like the Infinity Stones? <laughs> I oh, fucking hope be. so. Yeah. Also, a character that we joke about a little bit, uh, Mogo. The planet yeah. that mm-hmm. is uh, the Green Lantern yeah. <laughs> made an appearance in this comic book. And I love the way it did. It it gets drained of life and then starts dropping all of its rings. Like yeah. as the last like go forth and oh, prosper. That, okay, so that mechanism. part was very interesting because the rings usually choose people that are worthy. Now any asshole can pick up a Green Lantern ring, but they're well, like, think, it's I a mean, trap. They're just like suck of all their will and power. There's these lifeless people roaming around with these giant green lantern babies. <laughs> babies. The baby. <laughs> the artwork. I, we say sometimes that the artwork, man, it was <laughs> insane in this comic. Just a delight. Yes. Such a delight. <laughs> Delightful. But I, I kind of feel like with Greg Capullo, it's like, what else are you going to say? He's an amazing he's a, yeah, yeah, he's amazing. He's, he's a legend. While this book was kind of confusing... It was confusing in a good way. Mm-hmm. It's like when you spin around in a chair too much and you're disoriented. <laughs> you're like, but I kind of like this. And you're like, I think I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Faster this time. <laughs> I'm going to vomit more. <laughs> good week for comics. Yeah. Some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seemed like mm-hmm. a sleeper week. Wasn't a sleeper week. I believe in this new theory I'm going to put out to you guys. Mm-hmm. No sleeper weeks. No bad weeks. Mm. No bad comic weeks. I don't know if I agree with that completely, but... But if you say it, it you will it. Right. Ooh, the secret. <laughs> um, some, uh, t- do you guys read the Fantastic Four War of the Realm book that came out? The no, tie-in? No, not yet. I am going to do that magical thing that uh, Mike oh, told us gotcha. about. Okay. Where I'm going to go ba- order all the back issues on Midtown because mm-hmm. my wallet is hurting from War of the Realms. Yeah. It, so was, it was dope. It was good. I, yeah. I have no doubt. It was pretty cool. Was War Scrolls good, too? It was, it was, it told some pretty interesting stories. So yeah, War Scrolls is basically just like a weird kind of annual of different mini stories that are happening throughout War of the Realms. Um, Some hit, some miss, but this one was a pretty solid all the way through. Do they flesh Daredevil out a little bit more? Cosmic Daredevil? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're calling him? I don't know what the fuck they're calling him. I think they're calling him the all-seen devil of uh, Hell's Kitchen. Well, Cosmic Daredevil is a better name. It is. Yeah. (laughs) 
I like that's the people's name. <laughs> I just like uh, we're, we're gonna call them peepers. <laughs> peepers. <laughs> Cosmic peepers. Von peepers. <laughs> Peeper von tees. Peeper Von Tees. Now that I control the Bifrost, I'm Peeper Von Tees. Is that like a voyeur who like doesn't go fully voyeur? Yeah, like, just, just tassels. Little, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Let's, let's be <laughs> Over his eyes so you can see just a little bit. <laughs> Subscribe to my Patreon and maybe I'll take the tassels off. Anybody, I'm Peeper. Anybody wearing a, a full latex bodysuit is walking around in a fetish. Mm-hmm. Just, but when you put it in, in a paperback, we call him a hero. Yeah. <laughs> but when I put a latex suit on and fight people in the mall, I get arrested. <laughs> well, those are tickle fights, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is true. <laughs> so, um, how do we end this? Do we just fade out yeah, and not even yeah. discuss that we're ending it? Yeah, tickle fights was a good end. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T. Hello, I'm Peeper Von Tees, and you've been listening to First Issue Club, my favorite comic book podcast. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe and like us on all their social medias. And don't forget to go to my Patreon to see me move my tassels up and down and left and right. Peeper Von Tees saying, ta! <laughs> <laughs>